Hey, and welcome to this episode of Course Correction. I am your host, Michelle. And this week I had a chance to sit down and talk to two really cool creatives, um, Dan Fletcher and Rebecca Lucell of a web series on YouTube called The Pantheon. Um, it's a really cool, um, kind of dry, sarcastic comedy, sort of like The Office, but it is about uh, the Greek pantheon, which is a group of gods, Zeus, Hades, etc., so on and so forth. But these gods run a app development company. So it's kind of cool, like a little um, modern take on classic Greek literature. Um, but we had a really cool conversation. We talked about writer's block and, you know, kind of what rituals we sort of do uh, when we get ready to become creative. So it would be cool if you guys could stay and listen to that. And I guess just, you know, share the episode. If you know somebody who's a creative or a writer, maybe, I mean, this is something that everything, I think we all have experienced, uh, writer's block. And through the course of this conversation, I hope that people will, you know, take away some tips and just, you know, feel better about the whole process because, you know, you don't have to create everything today. So if you're interested in hearing us talk about our writer's woes then just keep listening so what's your zodiac sign ah okay uh yeah uh i am a libra okay my son is a libra okay i didn't realize you were yeah. a libra um one yeah. of my, my aunt who uh has encouraged me in writing since i was 12 as a libra um i am a taurus so my, i'm a taurus, uh, taurus scorpio which apparently oh, okay. is brooding and dark combination, which I think Definitely. is unfortunately accurate. <laughs> so, Wait, how can you be a combo? Because, okay, so once I moved to California, I found out it's not just about your sun sign. It's also your rising sign and your moon sign. So apparently my sun sign is Taurus, my rising sign is Taurus. I think this means that I'm stubborn, which I didn't realize until I was a little bit older. Yes, I am stubborn. Um which in a way is good. The flip side of stubborn is determined, right? Um, and then, but my moon sign is, sign is in Scorpio. And this is thought to be like where the um, the kind of like high emotionality type thing comes in, I guess. I don't know. Oh, yes. Yeah, I'm actually sun Taurus and moon and rising Gemini. So I'm slightly unstable, I guess you could say. <laughs> <laughs> You said your aunt, who was a Libra, kind of put you on this path. So um, what was your relationship like with her, and how did she, you know, kind of pique your interest in writing? Um, well, I I think I just, I, I, I'd already started writing, you know, I, I was keeping a journal, but she encouraged me to do that, and we started writing letters back and forth. This was a time when more people wrote letters, um, but not, I don't know, I guess maybe we were not everybody wrote letters, but, you know, we didn't have cell phones, so we did write letters. <laughs> and uh, um, I think she kept all of mine. I know I kept all of hers uh, somewhere. I don't know exactly where. Um, and I don't remember what I would write about, to be honest with you. Um, but she was just very encouraging and, um, you know, just uh, having somebody to talk about writing with was helpful. And it's still helpful. I still talk about writing with her. Um, so, 
you know, it's, um, she's been a great encourager of me all throughout from when I was a kid up into through my grad school program when I was getting my MFA in, um, production at USC. She was, you know, uh, very encouraging of that as well. And, and, and now when I send out my newsletter, um, which I've sent out two of them, I started doing this quarterly newsletter this year. She, um, she'll write me back and, you know, make comments on it and even editing type comments. Um, and oftentimes, so I, I run everything I write pretty much by my wife, um, but I will also oftentimes run it by Aunt Marty as well. Yeah, that's really cool. Yeah. So, Dan, how did you get started writing? How did I get started writing? Um, I don't know, ever since I was a little kid, uh, I'd always um, be, like, making projects, building things. Uh, I put on a lot of plays with, like, my siblings and my cousins um, and then eventually I just started writing stuff down and got a lot of good feedback on that in school. And, uh, yeah, I eventually went to school for it and got my, uh, uh MFA in screenwriting and yeah, I don't know. It's, 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 it's always just felt like the most natural form of expression, I guess. I don't think there was a yeah. point. I like that. I think I've been doing a lot of writing lately. Um, I wouldn't say that I'm necessarily a writer by trade. I mean, I'm into media, of course, with podcasting. And um, I also put on a lot of performances growing up. So I've been doing a lot of writing lately. And I've been working on trying to revamp the blog. So my question to you guys is, I guess, like, what do you do when you get writer's block? I was going to try to come up with, like, a really cool word for it. But no, there is no need. So... <laughs> What, what do you guys do um, when you come up with nothing? Yeah, this is such a good question. And actually, um, one of my writing mentors, I was really fortunate to be paired with a writing mentor through um, the the Caucus Foundation Alumni Network um, last year. And his name is Jim Hirsch, and he's a, a television, um, you know, and features writer. And he, um, he we talked about this. And he basically kind of said, everybody gets writer's block at some point. And this was helpful for me because I, I have kind of had like even like couple year periods of writer's block as far as screenwriting is concerned. And for me, I decided I had to try something else still writing, you know, um, so um that's part of that. So this year I kind of decided two things. One, I'm going to try and write this young adult novel. And two, I am starting this newsletter and these are, will both be writing outlets that are not screenwriting. So I can try and have fun with it again. Cause I think I was putting a lot of pressure on myself to try and come up some, come up with something that was going to be like feel indie yet be commercial enough to somehow, you know, it was just as trying to put too much pressure and I lost a little bit of the joy, and so I kind of have to try and get back to the joy. I think for a lot of women as well, you know, carrying a lot of stress and then letting that affect the ability. I mean, I don't think it's just women, but I think for me as a woman, I think a lot of the women I know, we're, we're putting a lot of, there's external pressure and we're putting a lot of internal pressure on ourselves as well. And that that can, if you let all those negative voices kind of keep you in that loop, then then it's hard to actually get out of that. and and be productive and, and, and feel confident in moving forward. Yeah. For writers, I, I, I like to maintain this like pyramid of procrastination. Mm. Where I'll have like three or four 
different projects like kind of all up in the air at the same time so if i ever become blocked on one um you know i like the other one's right there to move on to and and in the inverse it's like oh well you know i could work on this one really hard thing or i could uh this other thing is kind of just sparking more joy i'm, I'm kind of a little more invested in it so i can work on like project one a little bit more and then if i if i'm like scared to go back you know like like yeah, the, the expectations of like oh man, like everything you write needs to be like better than the thing you wrote before, and that mm. uh, that like really weighs on you. And so it's like oh man, um, if you want if if anything becomes overwhelming, there's there are the uh, these other balls you can kind of pick up and and uh, and keep moving. And I, I find that to be helpful. Uh, and the other thing is like really it's 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 the habit of it. Like once I can find myself. Uh, and time where I've, I've been like writing every day and like maybe it's only an hour maybe it's a little bit more but like just the if, if a little bit of time passes you get that fear like oh man how did i ever do this in the first place um i'll never be able to do it again or yep. everything I ever wrote is terrible and i'm just gonna throw it all away <laughs> yeah exactly and and like uh, i'm done everything's spent it's like oh well i did this yesterday I'm just picking it back up as I go along. And, and one, one little trick I always do is whenever I finish for the day, you always want to leave a little bit left in the tank. Mm. Um, you never want to just be like, you, you want to at least, I'll always know at least the first sentence or the first line of dialogue or something I want to write the next day. Yeah. And so, and, and I'll, I'll often like, just as I type, I'll just like stop mid word mm. so that I know when I pick it up again, I can immediately start typing. Okay, the, I like that. The muscle oh. memory of it just gets you right back in. I'm going to have to try that. I don't do that. Do that. Try that. Yeah, it doesn't work all the time, but it works enough that, uh, that I stick with it. Yeah, I like that. And I was going to say this, Rebecca, to your point about uh, feeling stress and needing to unplug. Like, even just producing this show mm -hmm. causes me to have that feeling i'm like oh like like dan said oh it's terrible i just need to throw it away and it's because you know i'm i'm in this space of creativity so i'm i'm trying to you know i want to make sure that what i'm putting out is connecting with the people who are listening to it and you know they're teaching them something because really that's kind of what you know that's why i do this conversationally because it gives me a chance to learn something. And then it also allows you guys to show your personality. But sometimes I feel like I'm boring or it's boring or it's going to be boring. And so it, I have this block that says, well, maybe I shouldn't do that because people won't like it. But then I kind of have to go back to, am I doing it just to make sure that people like it? Or am I, am I doing it because this is my truth? You know what I mean? No, I think that's really well said, and and I think the same applies for film or writing. You know, and and that 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 voice of is yeah, am I gonna offend somebody? Is everyone gonna like this? You know, by extension, are they gonna like me? Mm -hmm. And it's hard to quiet that voice, but you know, but we do have to make stuff that that we believe in and 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 stand by it. You know, um, until a point where we don't anymore if we get to that point and then just kind of go from there so what would you guys say you want to i guess the message that you want to deliver with your web series pantheon well 
Uh, yeah, I mean, I think they're, one, it's supposed to be a fun joke, right? Um, so hopefully people are watching it and they're getting kind of this quirky world of gods, um, you know, but living in a modern day. And, and what would gods be doing in the modern day? Well, they'd be designing apps, right? Um, yeah. And I know Dan can say more about that as well, as far as from, you know, what sparked that idea and everything for that. Um, but so part of it is just fun. And but then um, beyond that, um, the characters are updated. They're, they're kind of a more modern take on characters. So um, I don't know if we can curse on the podcast. Yeah, definitely. It's totally <laughs> not suitable for work. So Hades has a line in the first, um, in the first episode where she says, surprises, Hades is a girl, you know? And so, um, so I think through the characters, we want to kind of show a more modern world um where you know poseidon is gender fluid and you know hades girl and it's sort of the pantheon is inhabited by all kinds of you know people but but if you're looking for yourself represented in god form there there is maybe somebody that you might relate to perhaps yeah i actually liked that hades was a girl and not to say that i just felt so connected to her but um I did feel like there was a you know there was also the the human aspect there especially in episode four where she was like okay so now I feel like I made everything a mess Mm -hmm. and now I have to try to fix it I mean I can definitely relate to that because I mean that's like every day where you're like oh shit I made this error now I have to go back and you know readjust Mm mm-hmm yeah. So, what's next? Like, there's going to be a second season, right? <laughs> of course. How could there not be? Uh, <laughs> but um, yeah, like we're like there. There's still some more pieces that need to fall into place for that to happen. Um, uh, we're working on it. Um, you know, there 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 is definitely a lot of story left to tell. Um, and like the 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 world, like just add just working on it. Um, you know, they're just ideas just like constantly coming up is like, you know, there's the Greek pantheon, there's, uh, you know, other pantheons like Egyptian, uh, you know, voodoo, like all, all these possible. Oh, what, voodoo. what? You said voodoo? Yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah. Um, that sounds interesting. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's, that's there like Papa Legba and all that. Um, yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm not going to dive into all my isms but i'm in a lot of um spiritual groups and papa legba is like a a major topic and mm. always coming up yeah, wow he's, he's an interesting figure uh, i actually wrote a script once where he was a major character but uh, really? yeah you should put that out i should, I should. <laughs> it's like a it's like a big like 200 million dollar lord of the rings level fantasy set in new orleans so it's a hard sell i i need i really need to watch the new old speaking of uh, greek mythology i know there's that new uh, musical out right now hades town oh wow okay uh, people are people are going nuts about um and i know that 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 it, it might step on my script a little bit but um, oh. at least it'll be it'll be a cool thing to watch where it's uh You know, that was something I was going to bring up is that when we are in our creative space and we're working, do you guys ever feel like you're working too hard to come up with something brand new when there are so many other ideas that can be built on? 
Say, say more about that. Well, I mean, like, like, I, I feel like for me, I spend a lot of time trying to, like, come up with something really, really fresh. Mm-hmm. As opposed to maybe taking something that's already out there, like a, not for, not like a movie, but like maybe like a show idea, something that's a little bit dry to me. And I'm like, oh, I could spice this up like X, Y, Z. But then I feel like there's something that stops me from doing that because I feel like it's not authentic. Like, does that ever happen to you guys? Yes. For me, it does. Well, uh, I, mean, I mean, that's what we did with the Pantheon. I mean, that's all, you know, everyone knows those characters. Everyone knows their their backstories. And we just picked up on that and, and ran with it. Because um, I think there is something to like, you know, the idea that like, oh, okay, you know, you know, we have, we have what, like, you know, 10 or so minutes to tell a story on, on YouTube. Mm-hmm. And, you know, a character spins around in a chair and says like, hi, I'm Hades. You're like, a, a lot of the legwork has been done saying like, I kind of know who this is. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, yeah maybe, maybe there there's a little, a little something different going on, but like, I'm, I'm halfway there to meet you. So I don't, yeah, but like, I mean, because I, I think like, even if say, you know, it's, you're writing like a sitcom about like four friends living in an apartment. Like I do, I do think just whether you want to or not, like some of your authentic voice will always just bleed through. Yeah. And the the way I look at it is similar. You almost something that you're not authentic because it's like, you have to either research it enough that you know it and relate to it or you have to find some part of you that relates to it uh, in order just to execute it. Cause otherwise it's just too hard, you know, um, yeah. it's, I would say impossible almost in a way. So, you know, finding a way that you connect to the material, at least for me is, is critical, you know? Yeah. Do you guys have any writing rituals that help you get connected to whatever is going to flow? I do. Mine consists of I okay so the ideal writing day is like I get to go for a walk or a hike and then I meditate and drink coffee (laughs) and then I'm like ready to go um that's kind of my ideal day but it doesn't happen very often for a wide variety of reasons (laughs) yeah coffee is a big part of it I, I also really like um Writing out in public, um, going to like coffee shops or parks or, and stuff like that, where it feels like you're still kind of in communication with the world a little bit. Yeah. It's like just sitting at your desk, like in a room, like nothing but my cats around. Like it, it, it feels a little confined. So it's nice to, to break out a little bit. And, um, well, and I kind of feel like, and this is going to sound totally crazy, but I'm going to say it anyway. Um, I kind of feel like ideas, when they come to you, they're only for that time, you know, and then, boom, it could go to the next person. If the next person says, oh, yeah, yeah, I can, I can move on this, Uh you've missed it. But Uh I think that might be the way the energy travels when you're in public, when you're out, when you're, you know, you're doing your creative thing. I mean, I think that's a great place to be to when you're writing, because imagine all of that different energy right there. You know, you never know what's going to say, boom, like ping you almost. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, I, I think it's, it's actually a really cool way of thinking about it. Um, 
yeah, I don't know. I kind of, I kind of sometimes feel like um, when when you're tapped in and you get into that kind of flow state, then yeah, it's like ideas will come. Like I had a day like that last week where I had like three different ideas that I thought were pretty good, and I was like, I don't you know, I don't know why these are coming today, like something about the day, who knows, like maybe it's the stars, you know, I don't know, you're just like, you're tapped in, and I think a lot of, a lot of creative people describe something similar, so I I think you're onto something the way you're describing it. Yeah, because there was somebody not too long ago, I listened to a lot of um, what most people would probably find wonky on YouTube, or, you know, personal development stuff, and there was somebody saying that, Whenever, I can't remember who it was, but whenever they sit down to do work, they're in a state of almost like meditation mm-hmm. and the ideas just flow. Like they're not their ideas. They're coming from the source. You know what I mean? Yeah. So like they just flow out onto the paper because there's nothing, there's no resistance. There's no stopping it. It's just there. You know what I mean? Yeah. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it, it, it's, it's, I find it, it's association or, you know, often free association where it's like, mm-hmm. you, know, you gotta, it's the world, it's, it's acknowledging what's going on in the world around you and then connecting it back to your own experiences. And then the creativity is like just a strange alchemy as those two substances kind of interact with each other. Yeah. I like that. Very good, Dan. <laughs> So when are you guys going to drop the season two or, or are we just going to have to wait for that? It'll, it'll, it'll be a little bit for sure. Um, like the process of making the episodes is uh, we like, we do it like, like just like a regular, you know, network TV show where, you know, we, we write it out, we film it um, post-production, all the little special effects and all that. And it's, um, you know, it, it takes a while. We, we just want to make sure we do it right. So um, yeah. Uh, well, no, I totally understand that. Yeah, and definitely, uh, yeah, just enjoy the episodes that are out there, the new ones yes. when, when they come. But yeah, we uh, do we know what season two is going to be about? Yes. And is that also a surprise? I, I think so. I think so. For okay. <laughs> uh, um, so I have uh, some people ask some questions about um, kind of how to get started. Like, so like whenever you're trying to produce a web series or even write one, what would you say the first thing that you should do is? Um, tell people about it and get feedback. Um, because I think the, the right ideas will spark a certain energy when you talk to people about it. Mm-hmm. And you're going to need a lot of that energy to carry the thing through to the end. And if, if it's like you're, if, if it's some, if it's an idea and you keep getting a lot of pushback and a lot of resistance, um, it's going to make it just that much harder. But if it's something you truly believe in, I think that'll, that'll eventually come through. But, but definitely like, you know, have, have, you know, your aunt, your, um, I think a lot of people call them like beta readers, mm-hmm. um, folks who, who really, truly, truly value their feedback and like just kind of just chat with them about the idea and just see kind of what, what they take to and what they don't. Yeah. Kind of like a light survey. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause I guess like, I cause eventually like at the end of the day, you know, you know, it's, you're not going to get like, you know, some $200 million budget to make this thing happen. Mm-hmm. So it's gotta be something that, 
that a lot of people can find an entryway into and want to be a part of. So what kind of equipment did you start with? Did you have high dollar equipment or did you just use what you had available? Um, we were really lucky to uh, call in favors of, you know, we're, we're out in Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. So there are a lot, of, a lot of folks who know somebody who has a cool camera and, um, you know, we, we did a Kickstarter for the pilot okay. and, um, and second episode. And so we, we had a little bit of budget to, to fill in the gaps, but it's definitely, um, yeah, you got to find like there, there, there are a lot of resources online for like, you know, when we ran into an issue, we're like, oh, we need a X, Y, or Z and we want to rent it and you just go to blah, blah, blah.com and you can, and you can rent a thing for, for a little bit. So, you know, you, you won't be able to get everything, but, um, yeah, we, we were very lucky to have to have access to some to some cool some cool tech to, to make it happen. And yeah. yeah, it was very interesting. Like the the cameras we used in the first two episodes versus the last two episodes are very different in terms of their like scope and size. Um, mm-hmm. But I I don't think, and maybe if if you blow the two episodes up on like the big screen or something, you might see the difference. But I don't know. I it, it I don't think it's it really is the equipment at the end of the day as much as it is the the vision of the people behind it. You know, I have been since we sort of well, since I I always say we. I know people are probably like, no, she knows it is just her. But <laughs> was well, since I changed uh, the format, I've been pretty much just using Skype on my phone, mm-hmm. mostly because I'm so busy but also because I don't have all of the same equipment I had before. But um, I was talking to my boyfriend and he was like, well, you know, the content is really what's going to push it. Mm -hmm. It's not always going to sound amazing and that's okay. You know, as long as you're consistently producing the content with purpose. So I agree with that, Dan. Yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. Like as long as there's not like, you know, a drill the dentist drill going on in the background and like people if people can can see it they can listen to it um, that's all that really matters yeah yeah that's just would be a different kind of web series <laughs> yeah um dentist web series yeah i don't know about that um it would probably be like a horror <laughs> very like it came from the back like <laughs> but yeah um so after your newsletter, Rebecca, what is your next project? You think? Um. So my so I'm I'm trying to write this young adult novel this year, and it's a science fiction um, novel about a girl growing up in space and her uh, growing up on Mars, I should say, and okay. her father has disappeared the night after her twelfth birthday, and then her mom puts her on a spaceship and tells her meet me on earth and so she has to uncover what is going on and she has to navigate through space with her robot um and um and and figure out a bunch of stuff so obviously it takes place in the future and um so far i've been having a lot of fun with it um so that's the big project that i hope to complete writing ideally by the end of the summer as far as a first draft um I'm a little bit behind on where I wanted to be with it, but I'm also trying to keep it light and and keep it fun and kind of explore since I've never written a novel before. So um, let me know if I'm talking too fast as well. I always 
end up talking really fast, so I can try and if need be. But um, the um, but yeah, so I'm I've been trying to have fun with it, and so far that's been going pretty well. Then I got really busy, and I I, I didn't get much writing done in the last like six to eight weeks. Um, but now I think I'm okay to like get back to it in a more regular way. So I'm excited about that. Um, and then, um, I have a short film that is on Amazon right now. Um, Amazon prime It's called gender freak. It's my thesis short film. And we just have been a part of the Amazon all voices film festival. And we, um, don't know if we'll be advancing in that. We won't find out until July, um, but regard, you know, either way, that project, you know, that project has already been out for seven years, so it's there. Um, but it has been, you know, it's, I have a feature film that is also about LGBTQ teenagers, and I'm trying to find funds for that film. So um, ideally, we make it as soon as possible, but we're still looking for funding. So <laughs> that's, that's kind of where things are with that. So have you, have you guys thought about crowdsourcing for that one? We have thought about it. Um, and I've done, well, I've been a part of six successful crowdfunding campaigns, mm-hmm. mostly for film. One was for um, a medical, um, uh, it was a medical fundraiser. And um, I know what it takes to do crowdfunding, and therefore I approach it warily. Right. <laughs> yeah. um, it's a full-time job. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just because, you know, my friends and family, well, my, me and my wife's friends and family have been so supportive. And at least the way I know how to do crowdfunding, it starts with your base of people, you know. And I do feel like, you know, there's we, I accidentally did three crowdfunding campaigns in one year in 2015. That was not the goal. I wasn't planning to do any. But it it happened, and they were all successful. And one of the the um, some people actually donated to all of them, and I I couldn't even believe it. Like I didn't expect that. So I was very grateful for that. But I also don't want to put people in that position, you know. Yeah. So it, it it's just this balance, and um, we have another project that is more my wife's project, but I'm also helping her with it. It's more of a tech project that we may want to do crowdfunding for. So the timing has always been like, well, if we're going to do crowdfunding, which one would we do it for? And when would we do it? And, you know, so I've been holding back, but probably I would have to do crowdfunding. We'd probably have to do crowdfunding at least for like the very first money in for the, fe- for the feature film. But we want to try and get, you know, some other stuff uh, sort of lined up as possibilities to kind of, sometimes if you're doing a crowdfunding campaign but you have some other money lined up it, then it works better because you kind of have like a matching grant almost in a way and that kind of helps the success of the crowdfunding campaign so we're kind of um we're looking at it but you know not going to jump into it you know half formed it's got to be thought through i guess you could say. yeah for sure and like dan said i mean that's a full-time job because you're having to talk about that constantly i mean and then when do you talk about anything else Right. I have a psychic friend who has been on the show a couple of times, but he is, he's like my uh, spiritual mentor also, but he's like, I don't have to create everything right now. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? 
So I, I like that you guys are like, well, I mean, it'll come because I think that's the thing is that for people who want to do um, web series and podcasting and writing, they feel like it must be finished right now. Mm-hmm. And that's just not the case. And it's like, you know, Dan is very adamant about not telling me when season two is going to come out. <laughs> <laughs> and that's good. But it's like, you know, it doesn't have to be done right now. And he doesn't have to give me a date right now because it will come. Right. So, like, what advice do you guys have for uh, up and coming screenwriters, writers on when they feel like they have to be creating all the time and everything has to be finished right now. What advice would you give someone who's just starting out? Some, someone who's feeling like overwhelmed with the need to, to have everything. It, well, it's, it's not about having everything. It's about having the right thing. Mm. And, you know, and and maybe and maybe I don't know maybe I'm wrong with because there there are some folks who are successful who can just churn out like project project after project and then one of them will, will hit the wall. But I mean I I find if you just if you just keep coming coming up to people like hey do you like this hey do you like this hey do you like this and and like once they've said no so many times they're not going to go check out the next thing. Mm. You try to you try to shove at them so like it's. Um, it, it, it's really just like finding the right project and, and, you know, if something's not ready, it's not ready. Just put it in a drawer and let it sit there. And maybe six months from now, a year from now, you'll find an idea, you'll pull it out of the drawer, you'll spruce it up a bit and, and now it's perfect. Um, but like just trying to force it, um, I don't, I, I don't, I don't think that'll make anyone happy. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. And I also add for me, probably one of the reasons um that i feel like you know and this is something that i used to beat myself up with which i don't think is very useful ultimately um is like oh i should be doing more well truth be told like it took me a while to find my footing and even get a job that you know takes care of the basics you know what i mean like you have to have your basics met as far as financial stability before you can then really create more freely. I mean, I'm not saying you can't be creative if, you know, even if you're hungry or whatever, because certainly people are, but it, it definitely helps a lot if you're not consumed with how, how will I survive, then it's a lot easier to kind of, um, to focus on writing something or, you know, getting something out there in a more organized way. It, it's definitely useful. And so, yeah, I, I definitely don't subscribe to the myth of the, the starving artist. But like, no. You can be just as creative with a roof over your head and a full belly than the alternative. You know, I think what it is is that you, of course, for me, because I, I work full time also and I have uh, my creative consulting firm and podcasting and all this other jazz. But I always feel like when I'm at work, I get ideas, right? But I don't. I may not be able to catch it before it goes away, and I'm like, oh, that could have been it. Hmm. So I think for some people, they're like, if I'm at work, I can't be in my most creative space. Mm-hmm. But then again, you're also, like you said, be starving. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. But I mean, at least for me, when I even if I'm on the go, you know, I can I carry a little notebook in my purse and have my phone 
notes, you know what I mean? Or sometimes if I'm driving, I'll record a voice memo. And sometimes I don't even go back and listen to it, but because I recorded it in that moment, I can remember it and then go back to it. And so for me, that's been helpful just to like jot it down even on the fly, you know? Right. Right. Yeah. And that's something you gotta, I, I don't know. I do think there is a little bit of strategy to it. Like, you know, to find the job to pay the bills. Like if, if you're doing something where, you know, you're just too burnt out at the end of the day to, you know, to, to go, to go back to the pen and paper, like, you know, that's, that's tough. And that like, you, I mean, definitely, I don't know. Find it's, a new it's, job. Yeah. It's fine. It's finding the right job too. And, and it's tough and it's tough because, you know, sometimes, you know, sometimes you, you, you do just got to pay the bills, take the, take the crummy job and do it. But like when you're, when you're lucky enough to have a choice, it's about like finding the gig that'll leave you with enough creative juice at the end of the day to like take that little nugget you found halfway through your shift and be able to expand upon it that night right when you get home right and then even if you need to like leave it like you said you know and finish it later at least that you've gotten it some somewhat of the way out because mm-hmm. i think for me it's like when i can't get my ideas out onto the paper I feel like they plague me almost, you know, uh-huh. just kind of banging in there, like showing up, like write me down, write me down, write me down. <laughs> so I think holding on to the notebook, being strategic about what kind of day job you have, I think that that would probably, I mean, that would help me. That's who <laughs> I'm trying to help. I'm trying to help me. <laughs> yeah. So what else do you guys want um, the audience to know about the Pantheon? Um, yeah, I mean, I mean, they should definitely watch it if they have it. <laughs> YouTube.com slash the Pantheon. Um, yeah, no, it was, uh, like, like it, it's, it's a goofy comedy on one level, but I do think there is, um, you know, I, I do think we do tell a real story and I do think, um, the characters, uh, you know, re- reflect, uh, you know, a little, little slice of the human condition in a certain way, like. I, I think partly partly what I discovered about the show as as we were making it was like it it really for me right where, where, where I found it as a as a valuable outlet is that like you know we spend so much of our time at work that you know for a, for a lot of people and definitely for me like I I would say like okay I have my life and then I'm at work and my life stops while I'm at work and then it picks up again when I get home. Um, but like you know, li- living consciously while while you're at work and the relationships you build with people there, um, even if they're not your supernatural family members, um, is still like a, a, a very important of everyone, very important part of everyone's life. I had a lot of fun working on the Pantheon. But, um, well, I've known Dan for a while because we're in a writing group together, and um, I just really like the quality of the script. Um, and so, and then once I met the actors, the actors are really talented and really funny and really um, know their characters and do a really good job. So it was, it was really, it was really fun. And it, it does feel, it, it is like sort of like the Pantheon family. And um, for me, you know, as a woman director and coming into a, a set, you know, a series where you already have um, the show basically established, 
um, it's a good experience, I think, as a director to have to uh, adjust to working within that context. And um, but it also was very welcoming for me. And so in certain contexts, I have felt as a woman, um, you know, director where I was kind of like the salmon swimming upstream. But in this case, not at all. In this case, it was it was easy. It was fun. It was it was a really neat experience. So um, I'll, I'll say that about it as well. Yeah, I'll, I'll just add Yeah, like definitely one of the best things about it was that as the show was going on, like ideas would just come from everywhere. Mm-hmm. Like everyone, like from the actors to, you know, our costume designer to crew, like, you know, people, people would be inspired and be able to like find ways to, to add their voice to like the stew that was the show. That was really cool. I think that happens a lot whenever, like I said, kind of whenever there are a lot of people kind of, I wouldn't say cloistered together, but together working towards something so that's kind of what I try to do whenever I'm consulting is you know sit down with the person that is kind of stuck like I I I typically work with people who are wanting to create but they're halted so Mm -hmm. I add my juice to their juice and we just make some more juice you know what I mean Mm -hmm. so I think that kind of happens when this is going to sound kind of churchy, but when one or more get together and people are doing something creative, I think that the ideas just kind of, they just flow. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I know I'm a little bit weird, but it's okay. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I do think there are, there are negative situations where, where like if, if certain people at certain parts of the organization aren't open to that, they, they can stifle that creativity. Oh, definitely. <laughs> So I, I do think it's something to always be conscious of. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. Agreed. Well, I was curious, maybe maybe your listeners already know this, so feel free not to answer if you don't want to, but how did, how did you get into that? That's, I mean, that's a really cool, um, I guess, line of work to kind of help people access their creativity. And I was just curious how you got started on it. Um, I don't know. No, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, I was sitting... And I think this was probably in November or December and people would always come to me asking me for, you know, advice on uh, media projects or, you know, anything really. And I thought to myself, well, maybe this is what I'm supposed to be doing. Mm-hmm. You know, like, I feel like it's important for us to find our, our purpose. Yeah. And so for me, I think my purpose is to help other people produce creative thought or to come up with ideas like sometimes I think I have so many ideas because they're not all for me mm-hmm. and that's kind of why I like to connect with others because my idea may be for you you know what I mean it might not even be for me it just came to me that's why I said that about sort of the way ideas kind of travel because I feel like there's no possible way that you can sit at home and think, man, it would be really cool to do X, Y, Z. And then two months later, you see someone doing it. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So that's kind of how I look at it. So I just sort of said, you know, if people want uh, help, because I know, I know for me, sitting by myself, trying to come up with something creative, I mean, it can be a struggle. Uh So I I just want to help others if they need help, you know, 
And actually, no, I haven't really shared that before. So thanks, Rebecca. Yeah, <laughs> that's really neat. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, Dan. Was that heavy? Was that too spiritual? I'm like, I feel like God spoke to me and said I need to help people. That's all good. It's fascinating. Um, yeah, no, because no, because it's true. Because like, it's it. I, I think we were, we were kind of talking about it before, where it's like you know, it, not, none of creativity doesn't happen in a vacuum. It's mm-hmm. it's all about it. It's human beings bouncing off one one another. It's right. Right. Especially if you think of things in terms of energy or the way that they, you know, the flow and things like that. So, yeah, yeah, definitely. I I was just going to say, Dan, you should talk about your upcoming projects, too. You you know, in addition to the Pantheon. um, Yeah, yeah. uh, Yeah, uh, sure. Uh, Yeah. Next for me, I'm I'm working on a a scripted audio drama podcast. Oh, awesome. Okay. Awesome. Like, you know, like... uh, you know, something like there was that Julie Roberts movie or TV show, Homecoming. It's based on a scripted podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, different tone that I'm working on. Um, I don't. Yeah, I don't know. We're um, we're crewing up and casting it right now. Um, I haven't talked about it publicly anywhere before, but um, I guess since we're already casting, so I guess there's there's casting notices up there. But um, so actually, so what it is, it's drawing on. Um, my uh, Mexican heritage and my uh, lifelong love of professional wrestling and masked Mexican wrestlers. Okay, Lucha Libre. Yes, yes. <laughs> and, um, it, and it takes very heavy inspiration from the old um, Lucha Libre movies that were made in Mexico back in the 60s and 70s that starred guys like El Santo and Blue Demon. And uh, where, you know, you, you get these Mexican wrestlers and these like crushed 70s red velvet suits um, who were fighting like vampires and werewolves and uh, yeah it's taking that into the podcast world and uh, yeah and it's, it's a very fun show but like I but I, I do think uh, the the characters get some get some humanity to them as well despite the, the goofiness that's really cool yeah so uh, yeah expect that um, not not too far in the future there you go again yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll be recording it this summer. You're vague. <laughs> You're like, one day, Michelle, you'll hear from me. Yeah, someday, someday. Like, like, I mean, even with the Pantheon, we had we had things where like, okay, we're gonna come out. You know, episode four is gonna drop. You know, June, June, whatever. And then um, I think, yeah, like one morning there was like some like tragic news that came out some like national news or something and we're like oh no we can't release our our fun yeah. sitcom on <laughs> this, this otherwise sad day and so like they were like oh no okay no no everyone it's going to be a week from now and so it's, it's definitely you made me maybe hard day soft date yeah soft soft um estimate i'll never know just just text me whenever everything comes out <laughs> Um, but I was just talking to um, someone who um, she's actually I think I'm well maybe this one I was going to advertise for her she's actually an author she wrote a book and um, of course she wrote a book she's an author but she was just we were we were talking over some different ideas and I was telling her that you know if it was really really good then maybe she should think about doing a scripted podcast so it's interesting that you brought that up because I think that's going to be like the new wave. I think we're going to kind of roll back to audio 
kind of like how old school radio was. And I think that's just going to be the thing. So I'm down for this and I'm really excited and I hope it works out well for you. Oh, good. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> Anything else? Uh, yeah, that's, <laughs> that's, that's in the air. Okay. Okay. Well, um, do you want to tell everybody how to find you guys specifically? Sure. I'm at R Lewis L on Instagram. It's R L O U I S as in Sam E L is in Lisa L is in Lisa. And, um, I'm at Rebecca writer director on Facebook. And Gender Freak, the short film, is on Amazon. Okay. Uh, yeah, I am uh, DV Fletcher on Twitter and Instagram. D is in dog, V is in victory. And um, yeah, you can watch Pantheon. It's at um, Pantheon Series on Twitter and Instagram. And then um, YouTube.com slash Pantheon to actually watch it. Okay, great. Well, I appreciate you guys so much for coming on. Thanks so much for having us. Thanks for having us. You're welcome. And you know what? And I say this every week to myself because I, you know, I'm, I'll probably cut this out, but I'm just going to tell you guys. <laughs> every week I get stressed out right before I have to record because of the, like I said, kind of that creative, oh, is it going to be good? Uh-huh. And every week I'm almost like, oh, I'm going to talk myself out of even doing it. And then every week I have like a really bomb conversation with new people. And so I just thank you. Okay, so that was today's episode. I appreciate everybody for staying to listen. And if you are still here right now, uh, send me a note. Send me an email. Shoot me a message on Instagram or Facebook. Uh, Just let me know you guys are listening and, you know, continue to share with your friends. Don't keep it a secret. Share it with everyone you know. That is still true. All right. Thanks. Bye.